Southwest, how many people do you think we're going to really throw off today? Um, how many people are going to wake up tomorrow thinking it's Thursday? I don't know, man, but AJ has some real fans, so I'm I'm hoping that they've mentally prepared for this because I don't want to deal with the backlash of that. I mean, we we could take a poll, I guess, about AJ's real fans. <laughs> I I, feel, I I'm questioning <laughs> the validity of that statement. <laughs> well, it's all right. it's all right, you know, for 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 whatever whatever kind of backlash we get today. Yeah, AJ's going to have to deal with the same thing on Wednesday. Hell yeah, so. you will. That'd be exciting, and I get to witness the entire thing. Uh, dude, we got a <laughs> we got a good show planned, so I say we just get to it. What do you think? Let's go. Let's go. You know, I, I would start the show and I would I would bring us up on the screen, but the gray boxes have returned, and so I, I was like, "Well, oh, see, I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't get a chance to see the gray boxes. I w- I was listening to your show, um, post mortem as I was driving home Saturday, and I heard you talking about this phenomenon where you had to drag your cursor over the the Discord thing mm-hmm. just to be on screen, <laughs> and I, and I kind of found a fix for it, like mid mid like at, near the beginning, and I think maybe. We did it again. I don't know. This is PSVR Gamescast Live, where we film live every single Monday, Wednesday, and Two Eyes Friday, right here on PSVR Without Parole. Uh, we do it live on YouTube, 6 p.m. Eastern, for your viewing pleasure. We do it uh, after the fact on podcast services of your choice, right here up in your ears for that oral pleasure. My name is Brian Poff, and this channel right here, PSVR Without Parole, and this gentleman over here making a very strange Monday appearance, and I'm so glad that you're here, man, because there's so much to talk about. It's my friend. Your cousin, Wes Dillon from Virtual Strangers. You're everybody's cousin, Wes. Did you know that? Uh, I, I do now. Uh, hello, <laughs> family. Uh, is this like a reunion? Hello, everyone. Uh, no, uh, hello, Brian. I'm uh, glad to be back. Um, still kind of getting acclimated. I was telling you before we went live, it's all kind of been a blur uh, since I flew away last week. Uh, but this is my, in I guess in the last 24 hours, this is my third podcast so we're starting to get back in the groove of things what uh what, what else has you what else have you been doing man like i know that you've got you, obviously you've got your own channel and if anybody doesn't know about west's channel for some unknown reason make sure you click the link in the description below and go subscribe to virtual strangers uh where him and his friends talk about psvr2 a lot these days i'm sure but also all other vr as well uh but west what else have you been up to lately i know that you've been uh taking on some more responsibilities in other places yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we just did the uh, the VR Crewcast uh, earlier today, which is kind of a roundtable uh, of m- like a mesh of different channels. Uh, you know, uh, Gamertag VR. Sadly, it's Bradley. The guys from Between Realities are on there. The guys from Q2C. Uh, we've been doing that on Mondays for a little while now. Um, beyond that, I've been doing some work with uh, Impact Reality, which is uh, VR VRPR company. Uh, honestly, it's been, it's been a struggle just to find time for all of that. And, uh, yeah, man, you know, trying to play games, you're right. It's been very PSVR heavy, exclusively PSVR heavy, uh, for the last month or so. But I do think we're going to get into some PC stuff this week. Finally, PC stepping up to the plate and giving us something worth playing. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. And I love when PC steps up to the plate because that means, well, we'll see a PSVR 2 version of it soon after, I'm sure. I'm, I'm assuming that is pretty much on most developers' wait, wait. roadmaps. Well, you know what we're playing this week, Brian? Uh, has the developer made other PSVR 2 games? <laughs> uh, kinda, yeah. Yeah, we're playing, we're playing Resident Evil 4 this week. Ah, so exciting. Uh, so yeah. here we go again, not waiting for the official, uh, VR release on PSVR 2. You're, no, you're, you're, who, who made this mod? Uh, it's a prey dog. It's the same mod. It's the same mod, slightly adjusted for uh, RE4. It's, they haven't done first person yet. So it will be third person, uh, okay. for the time being. But uh, I think I kind of, we kind of did it right with, uh, village 
just playing a little bit, you know, five or six hours at the front and then cutting it off and saving the rest. And I think that's what we're going to do here. Nice. That sounds great. Uh, I think, I think I saw, uh, awesome Tatum over on our discord playing that in voice chat. Uh, looked pretty interesting. He said it looks really nice in the headset. So very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I, I have, I have no willpower, Brian. I, I know the best version is going to be on PlayStation, but it could be Christmas before we see that. Hopefully not. But uh, I have no patience. And who knows what we're getting on top of it all, right? Like, it it could be a mode. Um, Capcom has not been clear about that. We're really hoping that that's not the case, of course. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, man, yeah. Uh, Just heads up, everybody. Looper, the underground game cap with the two euros, says, Happy West Jay. That's not even remotely confusing. (laughs) (laughs) It works. I like it. Although AJ's not here, it would work better if we were all here, but Hey, well, what are you going to do, man? What are you going to do? You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both. And there you have the facts of life. Um, Hey man, uh, you know, we've, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about as far as like GDC goes and, uh, the stuff that you played there, the people that you talked to there, I'm sure you've got a lot of stories from the show floor. Um, but before we get into that, I I was curious what you knew about this game, uh, into the darkness the developer one of the developers uh one of the port series i believe game boom uh who's bringing it over to psvr2 uh stopped by our discord and left uh, a message in the news channel saying that they're bringing it over to psvr2 next year right because they're like they're actually bringing it to pc late this year i believe q4 maybe q3 um and i just I find it fascinating. This is this is really strange times, right? It's like here we are in March of 2023, and we've already got a game that's coming out probably a year from now. Um, with Sony not talking very much about what they're doing, we don't have too many release dates that are that far out. Uh, what do what do you know about this game, man? So uh, I've I've played uh, a couple of demos um, of this game during the various uh, Steam festivals over the years. I know it's been in development for quite some time. Uh, it's a pretty standard fare um, indie sci-fi shooter. Uh, I would say that it's probably modeled after games like Boneworks and, and Half-Life. Um, it's pretty good. It is, it's pretty solid. Now, with that said, you know, I played these demos a year apart, and uh, the the differences in the two were minuscule. So I don't know, you know, obviously they're working on other things other than their demo. But, you know, it's pretty good. It's pretty good, man. Uh, not all the way there. If I remember correctly, there were a couple of bugs with the demo. Uh, but it was something that I generally enjoyed playing. Yeah, well, nothing too concerning, I'm sure, especially with the release date for even the PC version that far away. Uh, and then tack on a few extra months or maybe six months, who knows, for the PSVR 2 version. Um, just kind of cool. I, I, I thought I thought it was fun to see this. And, yeah, I mean, even just from the trailer, I was like, this reeks of Boneworks just has that vibe yeah. to it which is kind of cool like you yeah. know especially since we haven't heard from um from the developers of those games whose name just eluded me um the stress <laughs> level zero that's the one uh it sounded like they were gung-ho about psvr2 and now it's like well now what when are you gonna when are you gonna when are you gonna reveal your games uh, uh those guys uh, the, the they're notoriously bad at um <laughs> interacting with the media they they basically have one uh press outlet that they um you know give info to and it's their friends over at node and uh so we we won't hear anything about that unless it's in some kind of a sony announcement or some kind of an announcement from the uh, node channel well good to know i I won't i won't worry about it then kawa04 now the game kitten with the 12 plantain says good night uh, we're starting a little bit late here, uh, a little bit later than usual. And so, uh, some of our, uh, UK friends and, and European friends, uh, and anything even further east than that, uh, I'm sure it's super late over there. And so thank you guys for even, uh, for being here and everybody who's watching this tomorrow, uh, our apologies, but super happy that we could do this for you either way. Um, dude, let's, let's just get into it, dude. I, I, I really want to talk about, uh, GDC. Uh, you want to uh, you want to set the stage here. Uh, you want to tell me how it all went down. Uh, I'll tell you that it was an absolute blast. I met so many people and drank so many beers. No, just kidding. <laughs> Not really. Um, no, it was awesome, man. You know, I had the abbreviated uh, experience. I, I, I 
I'm in a position here where, you know, I've got so many other things going on. I couldn't just take off another week like I did for Vegas. Um, so we went in, we flew in Tuesday night and, uh, I got to experience GDC on Wednesday and Thursday and, uh, yeah, we did a few demos. Uh, but again, like what I'm quickly coming to realize, uh, through my very short experience with these trade shows is that it's really not about the show at all. It's about what happens after the show. That's where you meet most of the people at. And, uh, yeah, I met all kinds of cool VR peeps while I was there. I see. Who, uh, is that first? So here's the thing, right? Everybody, everybody's like, Brian, you need to go to these shows because you need to like rub shoulders with people who are in the industry and you need to like meet this person. You need to meet that person. And I'm like, I am, I'm the worst person for this job. I was like, because I'm very happy knowing most people digitally and like, and, you, and when it comes to developers and stuff, I'm like, Hey, you know, like we don't have to like stay friends. Like you hit me up when, when it's time to, you know, to debut one of your games, you send me a key when it's time for me to review your game. Uh, and then we will, you know, be silent friends and not, not communicate until it's time for you to put out another game, right? We all, we all have lives and stuff, but I, but I understand like the importance of this, uh, especially when it comes to things like we just talked about into the darkness. And it's like, well, they're only like, you know, keep keeping tabs, uh, or only letting their friends keep tabs on them and, and, and talk about their game and, uh, and, and divulge information. And it's like, so you need to like make friends. And that's the part of this that I'm terrible at, right? Cause I will sit behind the desk all day and edit videos. But the second I have to leave my apartment, I'm done. So I'm glad that we've got uh, you, you know, in miles. In I, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty similar in that respect. I'm not a very outgoing person or a social person, but they make it so easy. Like people constantly just kiss your ass at these things. Like, oh, I love you. I love your stuff. And they, they really do a good job of, uh, of making you comfortable. <laughs> uh, and, and of course, you know, this I'm sure will change one day, but it's very much a family atmosphere. The The competitiveness really hasn't started to creep into our space yet. It's starting a little bit now, but it's still very much that, you know, we're all in this together attitude when you go to one of these things. Um, beyond that, it, what my one of my favorite things about going to stuff like this is meeting people in the flesh that I do have like long standing digital relationships with and then not even recognizing them. For example, um, so I, I get, I fly in on Tuesday. No one's at the, the Airbnb, right? It's empty. So I just lay down on the couch and crash out. Everyone busts in at like 2 a.m. I'm completely disoriented. Uh, of course, you know, people I know, Eva, Jasmine, Eric, Todd, they were all there, but then we had our other roommates and, uh, one, one of which was Will and, you know, Wes, Will, Will, Wes, nice to meet you man, that guy looks familiar. It took me 30 minutes to realize that Will was Will uh, Lubier from Character Bank, uh, which is known for Ruins Megas. Yeah. And uh, someone I have a really great relationship online, <laughs> but uh, he, he never once pointed out to me who he was until I, I figured it out all these minutes later. And uh, there, there's just a whole lot of that sort of thing going on. I met Eddie from uh, Punktronic. He grabbed me as I was uh, making my way through the uh, the party, and uh, I mean, I could I could sit here for an hour and just name off people like people from Arbor, people from Resolution, people from Neatcore, uh, Skydance. Like I, I've so many people that um, I've had the pleasure of working with over the years that I finally got to meet uh, in the flesh, and um, none of them ever look like what you think they're going to look. <laughs> Well, I mean, you can name drop all day as far as I'm concerned. Like, I definitely want to hear about everybody and everything. Uh, I, but I think the one that maybe our community, and I, and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but definitely the people on our Discord who love the Light Brigade, like, man, what's what's Eddie like, man? Tell us some stories about uh, about Funktronic, dude. Well, I wish I could. I wish I could. But literally, I caught Eddie right at uh, at the end. He was on his way out when I was trying to find my camera bag that had my keys and my camera and like I literally abandoned this thing in the middle of a crowded bar. <laughs> Super smart, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I was going back to retrieve my bag and somebody just grabs me and pulls me aside. And he's like, Wes. And then we had that five second period. Like, I know, I know you. Uh, <laughs> and then, then he explained who he was and then it all clicked. Uh, but no, he was super cool. I, I, I got to hang out and, you know, talk to him for about 10 or 15 minutes. And like I said, he was on his way out. So, uh, he, he disappeared into the night at that point. Uh, but super cool dude, super down to earth. 
Nice. Josh Cat with the five dollar tip says, "How was the city? Did you get to enjoy San Francisco, or were you there for strictly business?" Uh, yes, and yes, uh, the city was awesome. Um, it was actually quite beautiful. Uh, the architecture there, uh, some some really old buildings. The people were lovely. The streets were clean. Everyone was pretty friendly, actually. Um, it was a way different vibe than Las Vegas, to be honest. Uh, what I will say about it, though, is uh, I left. 65 degree nice weather in kentucky and it was cold and rainy the whole time i was in california yeah cold and rainy that's that's definitely what you hear about california when people talk about it they're like yeah yep that's that's california no um (laughs) all right man so you met a bunch of people oh you talked to i i know that you uh you met up with anna ribeiro from uh from the pixel rip team creator of pixel ripped uh and Okay, so I mean, before we even talk about Pixar Ripped uh, 1978, which I know you got to play, and I'm super crazy jealous about that. Um, wh- how's Anna doing, man? Like, I I feel like Anna's like this staple in the VR industry. I remember like going when I went to my first PAX East with like Michelle and Jeremy and Des. We went as the Without Parole team. Uh, that was her booth, Pixar Ripped, uh, you know, 1989. It was, it it had come out on PC. It was not out on PSVR yet. Um, and so it was still like this sort of thing, right? Like it was like, but, but, but man, like there was a super long line to play it, even though it was relatively unknown at the time, uh, and, and to meet her and everything else. Uh, and she was running that booth pretty much all by herself. Like she's been a staple in this industry since the industry was a thing. Um, so it's always been, she's one of those people that like, you know, whether, whether I talk to her only once before her new game comes out or not, like she just always seems like she's, she's just always there somewhere, you know, like staple in our yeah. industry. She's super awesome. Uh, down to earth person, you know, it seemed like everywhere I went, um, ended up bumping into her there in cosplay every time. I don't think she <laughs> yep. took that suit off one time, the whole time that we were there. Um, and she and she did have a lot of nice things to say about uh, you and the game cats. I, she even mentioned something about, and I'm I'm not sure what she's talking about. Like you guys maybe uh, named her best in show or gave her some kind of award sometime in the past. Probably. And she was super flattered by that. Um, yeah, she she kept going on about how awesome uh, the the PSVR without parole community is, and you know she's preaching to the choir here. I know all about it. Oh. Uh, but no, she was super cool, man. I got a chance to. Um, my, my initial uh, meeting with her was uh, in the Arvora uh, hotel suite. And she generally was just over the moon because um, they're working very closely with Atari on, on this particular release. And in, you know, with the prior releases, it, it's all been about, you know, paying homage to the games without infringing upon the IP too badly. Here's the, they, they have open reign to just, you know, take as they please. And uh, she's really happy with, uh, with the game and how it turned out. There's got to be a story behind this picture that I've got up on the screen right now. Full screen picture of you and her back to back. And you, and you've got the helmet on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was my, do you want to, do you want to try on the helmet pick? Like uh, we, we took a series of pictures in front of that banner there. Um, but I thought that was the, the, probably the coolest. I feel like you didn't I go far enough. I feel like you should have switched wardrobes entirely. <laughs> right I, she, well, she would have looked good about in that suggesting hoodie. that yeah i thought about suggesting <laughs> that but there weren't a lot of people around so i don't know i'm not sure how that would have gone yeah it could easily get inappropriate i'm sure <laughs> yeah right uh no she she was awesome man super upbeat uh high energy the the, the whole time the, their whole team was and you know I, i'd already met um the, like the co-founders at the previous event and they were super friendly then and during this trip so, um, you know, I've had some limited dealing with Anna online. This is my first time ever getting to meet her in person. And she was just as cool as I thought that she would be. Oh, that's great, man. That's great. Well, happy to hear that uh, things are still trucking along uh, for that team. And obviously, I mean, the the announcement of 1978 came very, very recently. Uh, love that they're teaming up with Atari to be able to do some really official things. In the past, it was they've always referenced things like the game gear or the game boy and kind of like, you know, shove different handhelds or, or, or consoles together or had to like screw with naming conventions just to give you an idea of what they were talking about. And, but, uh, but here they, they actually partnered with Atari and Atari's publishing this thing. So they get to do something they've never really done before. And that's use the actual IPs. 
Um, had, did she talk about that at all? Was that something that she's excited about? Yeah, it was by complete random chance, actually. They, they uh, actually had nearly finished uh, Pixel Rip 1978 about a year ago. Uh, but then they were nominated for a Dice Award. And just by random chance, um, the the uh, the head guy, Arvory, was sat next to the head guy at Atari, and they struck up a conversation, started talking about what they were working on, and then decided right then and there to collaborate on it. So they basically have taken this last year to kind of remake the game that they already made and uh, and incorporate some of these uh, known IPs into the game. And, um, you know, I asked her about that because there's always been a lot of speculation about what the next Pixel Rip game was going to be. And people would think, you know, maybe 2000, 2005, this, this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said it was always 1978. And the reason why is when she originally came up with the concept for a game, it had five levels. Uh, the first one being 1978, then 1996, and, or, or I'm sorry, 1989, then 96. So there, there's already, uh, like a, a five era blueprint for the game. And so this game is just kind of like a, a prequel to the, uh, the games that we've already had a chance to play. And it was always the plan, even well before they had any kind of relationship with Atari to uh, kind of take it back in time a little bit. And I'm so curious to know, like if, if we're going to see the next two pixel ripped games after this or if Anna's going to take some time off and like and, and try something different i can only imagine after doing three of the, the same type of games in a row uh maybe, maybe you just need to kind of like clear your head and, and do something different and then come back to it after a few years or maybe five years or something like that oh i would think that she would certainly have the opportunity because arvory as a studio that i mean they, they do different things obviously they did yuki uh that they've also did some um some uh, some other stuff too, uh, like some experience story experiences. Uh, I think one was called The Line, if I'm not mistaken. So so they're doing all kinds of different stuff, and I'm sure if she wants to work on something else, she'll certainly get the opportunity to do so. Oh yeah. So how was 1978, man? You get to play it for how long? 15 minutes or so? Yeah, I mean probably a little bit longer than that now. On second thought, because uh, now that I recall, I had a 30 minutes uh, appointment in their uh in their suite at the at the Hyatt Regency. And um I think that's where it was. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I've been to so many hotels, Brian. Uh anyway, um I had a thirty minute demo booked or a thirty minute slot for a demo and uh and a uh an interview. And then by the time I was done with my demo, the time was up. So like literally we went into like the bedroom and did the interview part while the next group was coming in to, to play the demo. So I probably played closer to 20, 25 minutes now that, uh, that I think about it. And, um, uh, it was super cool. Uh, it was, um, there, I'm sure you noticed there was a progression in terms of gameplay from the first game to the second game. Mm-hmm. I would say that there is uh, a similar, if not even greater progression into this game. Um, you know, one of the coolest things about Pixel Ripped is the dimension hopping, right? Hopping in and out of the games. And typically up until now, uh, some game event would kind of forcibly pull you into the game and you, you'll play a level. But uh, this game is taking a bit of a different approach where uh, the game's kind of built around jumping back and forth, in and out, uh, during uh, different points in a level, and um, which is cool. It, it, may, it takes one of the cooler things about the game and makes it more prominent. And that was one of my favorite things about the demo that I tried. Nice. Yeah, I, I did see in the demo, uh, they, they say, well, I built this thing so I could get into the game from the inside. So it's like if you if that's right. on your wrist and you always have access to it, that's that's really cool. I like I like the uh, I like the idea of that. Yeah, uh, so you're you're playing as a, like a game developer and and you're working through, you know, trying to work through these levels on a screen and then you'll get to some kind of a uh, like an a impassable point where you can't get past. And at that point you jump into the game and you play through a level to kind of clear up what was blocking you. So they have like these puzzles, uh, you know, very using that term very loosely puzzles uh, that, you know, what you're doing on one side of the portal affects directly what happens on the other side. It was a pretty cool mechanic. Nice. So during the time that you were playing, uh, did you get to see, uh, sort of their take on any classic Atari games in particular? 
You know, honestly, I, um, the one that uh, was a part of this demo, I was not familiar with. And that was one of the things that surprised me is uh, the games that they chose uh, weren't like the, the iconic big games that Atari is known for. Uh, there was one on the list. I read the list of games. Uh, there was one that I, I was familiar with, but it, it's escaping me now uh, which one it was. There were, there's something cool that, that you're going to be able to play play with before the end of the game, but I, for life of me, I can't remember which game it was. Yeah, what are you going to do? But it's good to hear that you were happy with it. So, Yeah, it was great. It, was, uh, it has a lot of potential, I think, to... Uh, I mean, not only is the, is the gameplay loop a lot cooler and um, there's a lot more first-person stuff in this one, seemingly, um, the uh, the era that you go back to, you know, it's called 78, but they take you all the way back to uh, 1972 at the beginning of the game. And just kind of, you know, time travel has always been one of my favorite things uh, in VR. And it's terribly underutilized, I feel like, by game developers. Uh, but but just visiting that era and looking at the technology and decor of the time really um, strikes a chord, you know, from a nostalgic um, perspective. Even though I wasn't born in '72, a lot of the stuff that um, that that you see really kind of reminds you of your childhood. So it, th- that aspect of the game was really cool as well. Man, the cats are throwing out all sorts of suggestions in the chat, but I think Awesome Tatum probably has it. Yars Revenge. Yars Revenge, that's it. It was Yars Revenge. Okay. <laughs> Good suggestions in the chat, though. Um, like, uh, I think Master Games Catster is giving Activision titles like Stampede and Pitfall, uh, which were, <laughs> uh, which were on the Atari 2600, I believe. So, but good titles, though. Good titles. Man, Pitfall. Yeah, some of the so gameplay good. was, some of the gameplay was a little reminiscent of Pitfall, actually. Nice. Uh, think about it. Yeah, Pitfall was, I, I could have probably played that endlessly when I was a kid, if I was allowed to. <laughs> Yeah, that was like that first real adventure game that I ever experienced. And yeah, I was enamored with it for a while. Hell yeah. All right, man. Well, that's probably enough about Pixel Ripped. I think it's time to get into uh, something that, I mean, I know that I'm excited to hear you talk about because uh, as soon as soon as uh, GDC announcements started happening and people started booking their flights and making their plans to go, uh, I started getting DMs from random developers and the, and the one that piqued my interest the most was from uh god i'm embarrassed now is it smile gate or smile bit smile gate you got it smile bits the jet set radio guys isn't it yeah um yeah smile gate so and they uh and and they're the ones obviously developing crossfire sierra squad they're like are you going to be coming to and i was like no i don't go anywhere i was like but wes is going i will send him your way uh but they got in touch with you you didn't need me to uh, to, to interject, uh, you were already going to see them and you got to check out Crossfire Sierra Squad that's coming this summer to PlayStation VR 2. I need to shut up because I want to hear your, your words, your impressions. How was it, man? How was it? Should we be excited? It's cool. And, and before I even get started on it, I do want to shout out, uh, Fred and, uh, the, the crew from Smilegate who were super, uh, cool and, um, an excellent host like we we went in with a uh a group there were five of us uh that all showed up for a single i mean they had one headset and one screen and they basically shut their booth down for over an hour so that we could all play so i want to shout them out for being super awesome and uh and thank them for uh being so hospitable um no man it's cool you know a lot of question marks with this you know big words when this game got revealed you know calling it one of the world's top FPS franchises. And we were hoping from the awesome uh, demo or, or awesome promo trailer that uh, this might be a, a AAA VR game. And for what it's worth, my experience was just that. I mean, this is a very, very polished uh, military uh, shooter for, for VR. And, um, I mean, what maybe surprised me a little bit about it was that it was kind of arcadey. I was expecting it to be more of like a, a simulation type game just because it's so like photo real. But uh, no, it's it's actually a fast, really fast paced arcade shooter with a ton of different enemies. Um, enemies are actually pretty smart. You know, when you start hitting them, they don't just keep doing the same thing. They'll, they'll move around and try to hide from you, take cover. Um, a wide variety of enemies, a wide variety of weapons and attachments. 
they're, they're claiming over 60 levels and uh, everything ran really smooth and was uh, really fun to play. Um, this was, you know, of my limited demos, this was the highlight of the, uh, the week for me. Nice. Uh, I was going to say, it probably looks like I've checked out because I'm trying to, uh, I just realized that everything you sent me was a zip file. And so I'm quickly unzipping it. Oh, really? It, 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 uh, yep. But, uh, sorry. No, I, th- I, th- I think that's what the Google Drive did to it when I chose to download it all together. Um, but then I saw that we were just gray boxes. So, uh, so I don't think it looked like I checked out at all because we're just gray boxes. So we are, Wes. That's all we are. So the, the, uh, the demo starts out and they put you into like this, uh, shooting range, which is, uh, an outdoor area. There are racks and racks and racks of every different type of weapon that you can think of. And then there are targets everywhere, like some standard targets. Uh, there, there are explosive barrels and there are vehicles and it really goes out on for like hundreds of yards. And, the, that, I mean, blew me away all just that in and of itself, all of the different weapons. And, and things, the you know, I didn't obviously take the time to try them all because there were so many and other people were waiting to play. Uh, but I, I had a chance to use a, a few assault rifles that felt really good. The haptics were, were awesome. Um, I, I mean, there's a really cool attention to detail here where, like, if you pull the trigger down at your waist, you won't feel the headset haptics. But if you aim down the sights and pull the trigger, there will be recoil in your face. I mean, it's that type of... Uh, of attention to detail here with this studio and it was it was actually really impressive nice i'm, I'm just watching the footage of you putting the headset on here and uh in the developer sitting next to you pointing at the at the sense controller as if you can see through the headset um <laughs> but uh so were they were, were they were they pretty uh were they surprised that you knew anything about wearing a psvr2 headset that you knew what you were doing yeah this has been the case uh in every demo that i've tried <laughs> everywhere these people they have to deal with uh, noobs all day long so when someone comes in and actually knows what to do and how to play a vr game it's uh it's it's a bit of a shock for them they they actually turned the difficulty up for eric and i because todd had such an easy time <laughs> with the boss like he beat the boss with one clip he said they said that they'd never seen anyone do that before so they jacked the difficulty up for for eric and i and, uh, <laughs> I'm glad they did. It was a, it was a lot of fun. All right, cool. Well, let me let's. I mean, so I'm trying to get a read here from uh, from the off screen footage that we have, uh, but it looks it looks really realistic. I mean, it looked like the trailer was going for realism. Uh, is is that the impression you got in the headset too? Did it have like a, a pretty realistic look and feel to it? Other than, of course, the yeah, RKD yeah, really, really firing. Really, the only thing that that was kind of fantastical about it were some of the bosses. I mean, some of these guys are just massive and come swinging melee weapons and shit at you. Like um, some of the bosses were were really uh, intimidating, but the you know ninety percent of the gameplay was like a zero caliber style stuff where you go you move into a fairly large area and you have waves of paramilitary guys coming in and you know, taking uh, stations at different points and trying to, uh, to pick you off. But uh, yeah, I would, I would say that it's very much um, going for a realistic vibe, even if the, the gameplay, like I said, was, is kind of uh, fast paced and arcadey. Nice. Was, um, now are you, are you, are you actually in here? It looks like you've got a co-op guy next to you. Is this an actual team that you're playing with? Uh, well, no, the, the, yeah, the, so, okay, let's talk a little bit about the structure of the game. Sure. What, what they basically said is that there are two gameplay modes. There, there's a, a single player campaign and then there is a co-op horde mode. Um, so while, while the campaign is squad based, you can't play it with your friends. Uh, you have, it's yourself and plus three AI team members that are, are taking on each level with you. Okay, so is there is there no multiplayer in this? Did I did I miss something? They're not not in the campaign. From what they explained to me, the campaign is single player only. Wow! If you want to play with friends, you have to play in uh, horde mode. That is that's like shocking, because yeah. uh, I thought that was sort of the selling point of this game. I mean, yeah, it looks beautiful and it looks like you know like we definitely want a single player campaign, but it seemed like the selling point for this was that it was going to be four player co op campaign so definitely shocking to hear uh yeah 
But man, I, especially so, with it being a squad based game, like if it were single player and you were playing by yourself, that you know, okay, fine. But the fact that it's a, a squad based game, I don't know if they're having some trouble implementing multiplayer or, or why they would make that decision. But I was a bit surprised by that as well. Yeah, I think they need to work on the messaging really, uh, really fast before this one comes out because I don't. I think. This is the first time I'm hearing about that, and uh, and I'm, I'm assuming that this is the first time most people in the chat are hearing about this too. Um, real quick, uh, Matthew Longo actually said, "Can you direct the AI? Like, do you have controls over telling, kind of like giving directions to them to make it feel a little bit more like they're actual?" Uh... Well, they're uh, they're um, they're they're. From promotional material would suggest that that was not part of the demo. Like they didn't show us how to do any of that stuff. But if you read into like the, uh, the blog posts and stuff, they talk about, uh, using, uh, like hand signals to direct your, uh, your teammates. So I would assume so. Yes. Okay. What kind of, what kind of different weapons do we have here? It's, uh, everything, dude. <laughs> like there's a rocket propelled grenades. My favorite stuff were the scope weapons, you know, by, by nature, I'm a long distance marksman in these games. So the, 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 uh, the scoped weapons were really cool. Um, the way they work is you put them up to your face and it puts you into like a scope mode, sort of. And, uh, sorry, my dog's coming in. And, uh, you can also bring it into scope mode by pulling the left, uh, the left trigger. So you don't even have to pull it all the way up to your face if you don't want to. Um, but one of the cool things is it does have a steady shot feature. So if you do like a half trigger pull with the left controller, it will steady the scope and really allow you to pull off some long distance precision shots. And, uh, that was probably my favorite part of the whole demo. Actually, I'm actually surprised to see a lot of people in chat to see, uh, a lot of people are saying that they're totally fine. If it's single player, I know we have a lot of single player cats, uh, in the audience, yeah. Um, let, let me let me be clear that they, they they were heavily selling their multiplayer mode as well. All right. It's just that the the story campaign and those missions, you know. And I did I did ask them twice. There was a bit of a, a language barrier here, so maybe they just did a poor job of communicating it, and maybe it's there. But I did ask them twice, and twice they said that the single player is uh, is or the campaign was single player only, and that if you want to play co op, uh, that you would need to do that in the horde mode. Now you talked to uh, you talked to them about the length of this game too, right? Yeah, and that was another kind of surprise to me because you know one of the other big selling points of the game was just how much content was here. They're claiming over sixty missions and twenty hours of gameplay, uh, but the way that you know when I asked them directly about that, um, most of that is optional side missions. They said that you can run the the uh, the campaign in about three hours if you ignore all that stuff and just go straight from A to B. Which, as you know, is not what I do. It's not my style. But a lot of people will do that. A lot of people will just pick it up and try to run through it. So, uh, yeah, you can you can beat the game in just a few hours, apparently. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm sure that hours after the game comes out, we're going to see bad reviews being like, I beat this in three hours. Um, but, right. yeah, if, there, if there's that much content there with... Uh, if there's that much content there with the side quests and, and the side missions, and I mean, I will absolutely, I think most people are going to want to, you know, pull as much out of this as possible, uh, considering that, I don't know if this has a price point yet. I'm assuming it's probably like a, around the 50 or $60 price. Uh, you're going to want yeah, to get I tried to know, I tried to pin them down on a price point and they would not commit to that. They did say that it's coming out this summer. Um, but that's about as much as far as price and release info I could get out of them. Um, they said that the, the side mission content is about 17 hours of the game. So that brings the, the, the total campaign, uh, gameplay up to 20 hours. Plus they expect a lot of people to actually go into the game for the horde, the co-op horde mode as well. So th there's a lot of game here. It, it just depends on how, uh, how you, how you want to play it. Indeed. Indeed. Still looking at the chat. <laughs> Still looking at the chat. Um, yeah, I am too. Uh, there was a guy asked what a game cat was a moment ago. 
So, Welcome, friend. <laughs> hey, hey, man, a lot of new subscribers. I got to say, a lot of new subscribers have been joining the channel recently. And, uh, and if you're unfamiliar with, you know, some of the terminology we use around here, every day people are like, what does VRAF mean? And I have to explain to them what VRAF means. Sometimes I have to explain what a game cat is. But you know what? The best place to do all that is over on our Discord. So click the link in the description below. Join our amazing fucking community. Uh, get in on some multiplayer gaming. Get in on all the viewer takeover questions. And, uh, and, and, and come hang out there. More than happy to answer any questions you have at that point. Um, tornado is looking the same spot on my wrist over and over and over. And it feels like sandpaper. She's like literally going to burn a hole through my skin and I'm like scared to push her away. Um, so, so Adam in the chat asked, how is the resolution? Is it crisp? Please. Uh, and I'm happy to say, yeah, it was, it was super clear and detailed. Now I did ask them, um, if they were running at a standard, like a 90 Hertz native, or if they were, uh, running the game at 60 hertz and then reprojecting to 120. And they did say during the demo that it was reprojected. Uh, but I'm happy to say you couldn't tell it. Like I, I didn't see any kind of ghosting or anything when I was in there playing. Not that, I mean, you know, it, it's a very intense game. So I may, I might, may have overlooked it, but they did uh, mention that when the game launches, they plan to have it running at 90 hertz native. So those of you who are, uh, sensitive to uh, reprojection you shouldn't have to worry about that uh, by the time you get the game that's really good to hear if it already looks good at 60 fps reprojected to 120 getting it to run at native 90 i think this is one of those things that we're going to start seeing a little bit more of like even even good looking games like this uh that you would expect would have to run at 60 reprojected uh to 120 uh, i think we're going to see a lot more uh games running natively at 90 uh even if they look as good as this does uh, and in, in case you missed it, Crossfire Sierra Squad is in the chat. They say, Wes, it was a pleasure to have you come by and play our early build of the game. Thank you for spending your time with us. Well, thank you for being such gracious hosts and putting up with my uh, sizable crew for as long as you did. Uh, you you all were awesome. And uh, they, they answered all of our questions and were very, uh, very, very friendly. So I appreciate that. This is also one of the, um, it's also, I mean, there's, there's obviously like a slew of, of games that are, are slated for PSVR too, uh, as, as there are for most of the headsets. But this is one of the few big ones that are, that's kind of coming our way, uh, that has like even a release window associated with it. Uh, so I don't think it's going to take us too long. I mean, obviously summer is only a few months away. Uh, so I think the hype is going to start building pretty fast for this one soon. Betty joining us in chat. Betty was part of our crew actually when I was there. Uh, I was there demoing. De- Betty got to demo it as well. Let's nice. talk about a staple in our industry, huh? Yeah, yeah, man. Betty was everywhere all week. Like everywhere I went, Betty was there, which is an awesome thing, right? I think so. <sighs> all right, man. Well, where, where does that take us? Uh, what, what else? What else to? Uh, what else do we have to talk about as far as GDC is concerned? Uh, man, you know, as far as PSVR stuff goes, um, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the PSVR demos and stuff that, that were there, um, I didn't really participate in because it was a lot of stuff that I'd already played. Sony had a gigantic booth and PSVR two was displayed prominently there, Hmm. but it was more, you know, horizon demos. Uh, I think I saw Cosmonius high in there, um, but the Sony presence was large and the VR presence overall was just massive. It was, you, you didn't have to look for the VR at this place. Meta had a huge booth. Sony had a huge booth. Their, their, you know, resolution had a, had a pretty sizable booth as well. They were doing Demio there, uh, on PSVR two as well. And, uh, I don't know, man, it, it was just kind of VR was everywhere there and there were VR people everywhere. Cool, I looked for Steve. Ian Marsh says, where's the Steve? I looked for Steve. I did walk through the sunny <laughs> booth to see if I could spot him, and I didn't see him. Yeah, we can leave Steve in Vegas where he belongs. <laughs> nice. No, it was cool. I, I, I got to um, uh, talk to Blair Renaud. I met him uh, around a pool table on uh, Thursday night. He said that the uh, PSVR 2 version was coming along quite well and that uh, – he was actually uh, meeting Sony the next day to talk about it. So nice. Um, yeah, that was cool. It was, it was just a lot of stuff like that, man. I just met a, met a lot of people, a lot of developers. Um, met uh, one of the higher up people from Skydance, uh, Guy Constantini. Got a chance to sit down and talk with him for a moment and pay him uber compliments on just how awesome the PSVR 2 version of his game came out. Um, I don't know, man. Just a lot of stuff like that. A lot of uh, cool interactions and cool people. 
Wes, we're going to take a sharp detour from what we've been talking about. I apologize for the sirens on my end, as always. Um, but uh, listen, guys, another great reason to join our Discord. Click the link in the description below. One of the great reasons is to, uh, you know, you can obviously ask us questions during the show in the chat and, uh, and, you know, sometimes we'll get to them and sometimes we won't, but a great way to get your questions into the show, uh, is to, uh, is to leave them in a channel over on our discord called viewer takeover. Uh, and that is where you can leave all your questions. And then we kind of just kind of copy them and paste them into our run of show that we don't have today. Ho, ho, ho. And, um, yeah. And I got a good one for you today, man. I'm very, very curious to hear your opinion on this. I feel like I just want to ask all the co-hosts uh, their opinion on this because I was very shocked to hear uh, some thoughts. Uh, so let's let's just get into this, okay? The uh, the question comes to us from Josh76 over on, uh, on, on Discord. Right, hashtag viewer takeover. Is it important for video games to have a progression system? What is the main importance of a progression system in games and why is it necessary or not necessary? Would a progression system make games better or worse in games like Pavlov? Now, the reason I'm, I, I'm, I'm so excited to ask you this question is because I published my Pavlov review finally, uh, this morning, like just before I went to bed. And as one of my negatives, I wrote, it doesn't have a progression system. I I love progression systems in games. Firewall Zero Hour was like this thing that this carrot dangling in front of me. I was always like, oh man, you know, I just gotta, I just gotta get to the next level before I go to bed tonight. Or I just gotta, uh, you know, just whatever, unlock this gadget. The, the, um, signal jammer was the big one, right? You got to get to level 50 to unlock the signal jammer. And that way you can help out your teammates, more sirens on my end. And it was that kind of thing where it was like, gave us a reason to keep playing, Uh, and make you feel like you're accomplishing something, even if like you lose the match. So when I put that as a negative in the Pavlov review, I was surprised how many people were like, that's a positive to me. I, I I just want everything available from the get go. I want to get in there and just play. Uh, you don't need a progression system. I'm happy that there isn't one. And so what is your take on this, Wes? You know, it's interesting uh, when you talk about progression uh, and that element in games, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, traditional gamers will reference it when they talk about the depth of VR games, because a lot of games, VR games don't have any kind of progression system. And, uh, you know, Roots often talks about how when you get over the wow factor of climbing ladders with your hands and stuff, sometimes you'll find that there just isn't much more there. Uh, but in my opinion, a progression system, a good progression system, uh, can take a good game and make it great. Um, but a bad one uh, can uh, seem like work instead of like play. It can mm-hmm. seem like a, a grind. So I certainly can get the um, the sentiment when when certain people say, you know, what I don't I don't want that in my games. I'd rather just play. Um, but for me, uh, like I said, uh, a good, a well implemented progression system. Uh, can be the difference between a good game and a great game so long as the game doesn't focus too heavily on it. Like, I don't particularly like it when the entire game is about the progression system. After the Fall is a great example of that. Like, there's a lot of progression in After the Fall, but that's, what else is there? Not a lot. Um, So, uh, yeah, you know, typically uh, games that have deep progression systems in... uh, you know, uh, th- those are some of the better games. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners is a good example of this as you progress through your, uh, your, your crafting boards and unlock uh, more items and uh, more abilities. Um, it gives you a reason to explore and scavenge. That's the type of progression that I'm really into. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, again, uh, as long as it isn't too difficult, convoluted and grindy, uh, I think uh, overall it's a positive, positive thing. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and, and, and obviously, I, I, I'm I'm very happy that there's different games that tackle this different ways, right? Because I would be absolutely shocked if Firewall Ultra came out and there wasn't a very similar progression system as we saw in Zero Hour, right? And so we kind of know that there's going to be a grind in that game and that we're going to have to spend some serious hours in there. Uh, and so having a game like Pavlov that is very sandboxy that you just fucking dive into and you have everything at your disposal and you get to just fuck around with your friends, uh, that is great. Um, so I, I think, you know, not everything works for every game. Uh, so I'm glad that there's, there's a mix. Um, just to kind of throw it back to the cats, heavy brettle says progression is addictive. 
Brotherhood of Steel says without progression, a game gets boring fast. Uh, Ruthless. Well, Ma- let, let me, let me, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to no, please uh, do. To step on you there. Um, uh, okay. I have a great example of a game that, that heavily relies on progression, but I don't think it adds as much as it should. And that game is Zenith because I feel like, well, let, let me, let me preface this by saying I haven't played Zenith since the last couple of updates, it might be a lot better now. But the initial version of Zenith basically had you progressing uh, so that you could go to a new area and fight enemies that were slightly, you know, with slightly more HP and slightly higher attacks, but basically had you grinding just to go do the same things over and over and over again. Yeah, That would be a good example of where progression can kind of get in the way of a good game, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I've got mixed feelings on that, of course. Uh, I, I love the feeling of being able to finally explore a new area because, uh, because I put the work in, right. And now I'm, now I'm strong enough to tackle these enemies. Uh, but that's because I, I mean, I was raised on JRPGs, right. And so that is, it's, it's the MMO take on that formula, obviously. Uh, and so there's something missing, I think in Zenith, like the, there's the story isn't really there and the, there's no, like, you know, the boss fights are, I don't know, not certainly not as epic as any JRPGs I've ever played. Um, but, you know, with with some tweaking, I think that maybe I could get on with that. But, um, oh, wait, we got some tips here. Uh, Izzard with the two quid says, I'm glad Wes has human eyes again. <laughs> yeah, I, I turned it off again. People were noticing it too much. So when, when was it on? Well, most most of the last month I had it on, actually. <laughs> yeah, and then on the on the crewcast, uh, or, or maybe it was on Virtual Strangers yesterday. Gamertag came into our chat and said that West definitely has that on, so I turned it off then, and I'm just I think I'm going to leave it off for a while. Um, your Long Shadow says progression makes your brain happy. Matthew Longo says progression is great as long as it's not exploitive. Den Arema Pajama Game Cat. Pajamas, that's not how it's supposed to go. It says, uh, diehard FPS player for 30 years. Progression, smogression. <laughs> Which I just, <laughs> I just wanted to say out loud. Um, uh, oh, and Dan tipped. Oh shit. He's, I, I was still, I was still getting further down the, uh, the chat window. Uh, Dan tipped five quid to say pretty much the same thing. He says, I've been a gamer for first person shooter for 30 years first-person shooter gamer. I don't care about progression. I play for the gunplay. I'll keep playing as long as it's fun. I don't need rewards. Um, that's how, you know, I, I like that sentiment. But then a game like Village comes along uh, and doesn't have any trophy support for the PSVR 2 version. And I'm like, something's missing here. Like, this is the, the one of the greatest, possibly the greatest PSVR 2 game that's out for the headset yet. And I'm like, God damn, I wish I could, I wish I could grind for the trophies, right? Like there's that little something extra that I'm like, if I'm going to play this anyway, give me the extra rewards for doing so. That, that's all. Yeah. I, I'm not a, I'm not a guy who chases trophies, uh, typically, but I do like, um, when I get a rare one and when I, when, when the game pops up and tells me, Hey, you just did something that not very many people have done. That's a cool feeling. Uh, Looper says, Looper the Underground Game Cap, the two euros says, the, ep- the raid bosses are pretty epic in Zenith. Yeah. So I will, I will, I will shut my mouth. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I think Zenith is close. I, I don't think it would take much to turn that in from a good game into a great game. Yeah. Uh, but when I, when I played the early build of it, it was just, it was fun because of the people that were in there. But, uh, I felt like the game was repetitive. I mean, after you get past that initial, cool factor of seeing the new area and how it's put together like the actual gameplay was just identical pretty much at that time i mean i do i was just thrilled to have a uh the zenith was the first mmo that we ever got on psvr and it was right. and still to this day the only mmo we've got on playstation vr one or two um and like and so for for the first outing i thought they absolutely killed it um however yeah They've, they've got a little work to do on PSVR too. More sirens. God damn it. Uh, I want to check in on this. Uh, I want to check in on this poll and see 86% of you are saying yay to progression systems in games. 14% are saying nay with 114 votes. Uh, you know, I will say 
this is this is more what I expected to see. I think the the nays were outspoken uh, in in the comment section for Pavlov. But again, love without parole because I want everyone to have a voice over here, uh, even if you're part of the fourteen <laughs> percent. All right, man. You know what time it is? It's time for a little PSVR twenty questions. Uh, I've got a PlayStation VR game in my head, and it's your job, West, to decide. And it, yeah, I know I did this Monday. No, I did this Friday, but. We're, we're, we're totally off schedule here, so we we got to work with what we got. Um, I got a PlayStation VR game in my head. I don't know if it's a good one or not. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be easy or hard. Uh, I don't know if we've done this before, so let's fucking roll with it, man. I'm going to put six minutes up on the clock, and you've got 20 questions and the help of all the game cats out there uh, to figure out what game I'm thinking of. This is one about 100 viewers tune out. Are you Are you ready, Wes? <laughs> I think so, Brian. Yeah, let's do it. I wonder if we can come up with a game that would make a hundred more viewers tune in instead of tune out. Uh, it's like, oh, I'm just here for that last game. I'm not here for the rest of the show. The rest of the show sucks. But uh, maybe we need a better game. All right, here we go. On your mark, get Des. Go. So you have a game in your head. <laughs> in your head. Does does the game have zombies, Brian? No zombies. Zombies. <laughs> Zombies. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Oh, oh. All right, let's not burn up the whole six minutes on that. Right, you're um, aging the fuck out of this. No, no zombies. <laughs> has uh, has this game been announced for PlayStation VR 2? No. No, okay. Uh, has this developer made other PlayStation VR games? Yes. Yes. Uh, does this game support thumbsticks? No. I had to think about it. I don't know why. No. So uh, we assume moves. Um, does this game uh, support full locomotion? Yes. That's five. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, is this game a shooter? Uh, I, you wouldn't call it a shooter, no. Okay. Um, puzzle game? There's some minor puzzle elements. Puzzle elements. Would not call it a puzzle game. So we have... Hmm. Is it a first-person game? Yes, it is. So, first-person, full locomotion with move controllers, not a shooter, some puzzle elements. Hmm. Is it a horror game? No, it's not a horror game. I just want you to know that I'm seesawing in my head over the first-person shooter question. Just... I wouldn't call it a first-person shooter, but just know that there's elements. There might be some shooting elements in there. Okay. Um, just don't want to steer you elements, down the wrong path. You know what I'm saying? Shooting elements. Um, hmm. Kind of, uh, kind of stuck here. Um, I don't know. Is there melee uh, combat in the game? That's an excellent question. Uh, I don't remember that um i'm I'm gonna that's a freebie i that's not that's not your primary form of attack no i'm gonna give you a freebie Mm because i don't totally remember is the name uh is the game from a known ip no that's 10 so not from a known ip but an established developer uh did they did the game come out within the first two years of uh psvr launch did it come out in the first two years um Yes. So we have an early game here. Uh, is it a good game? Yeah. Okay, so a good game from the early days, a first-person move game that's got some puzzles and some shooting. Um, do you kill things? Mark Pringlesleaf wants to know. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh. I mean, they're certainly no longer functioning when you're done with them. Okay. Oh man, I'm I'm drawing a blank here. Um, <laughs> Robert, the game guesses this has gone terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, right? Um, I think that was in response to our singing. <laughs> probably right. Yeah. Uh, AJ wants to know: Is it a fantasy game? Uh, not not in the typical 
Um, no, fan, no. Why, why am I fucking around with this question? No, it's not a fantasy game. Okay. Um, there's a much better, yeah, there's a much better classification for it. So yeah, Servio. I'm sorry, Super Hot is not puzzle game. Um, Isn't it though? Apex Construct. Um. Yeah, I mean, it could be Apex Construct. Is there archery in the game? There is archery in the game. That's 15. Let's see, uh, is it developed by Fast Travel Games? It is developed by Fast Travel Games. Yes, yes. Is this game Apex Construct? This game is Apex Construct by Fast Travel Games. Came out in the year of our Lord. Uh, February 20th, 2018. Uh, definitely one of those early big games for PSVR and VR, I think, in general. So good stuff. Where the fuck is our remaster? Where the fuck is Apex Construct 2? Time to get back to your roots, Fast Travel. Deliver. Deliver. Yes, I am. absolutely concur with this. Like Fast Travel has their hands in a lot of uh, different uh, things right now, but as far as I know, none of them are, uh, you know, an adventure game like Apex Construct, which is what they do best. So, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I think it's one of the best games that they've made. It was the first game that they put out. Um, I would agree with that. And we, and we don't even have to have a conversation about Curious Tale of Stolen Pets or Right to Oblivion Afterlife or anything else. We can just talk about Apex Construct and call it a day. Wes, thank you so much for filling in uh, for uh, for AJ today. He, just to clarify, AJ was totally ready to do the show, and I was like, we don't have anything to talk about. Wes just got back from GDC. Let's get Wes on the show and then uh, and, and talk about Crossfire and talk about Pixar 1978. Uh, so thank you, Wes, for, for altering your schedule. I know you've had a crazy busy few days here, uh, busy weekend, busy day. Uh, thank you very much for accommodating our schedule and being here today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. As always, it was a blast. Uh, Looper the Underground Game Cat with a two euros clarifies incorrectly that Apex Construct is part of the <laughs> Apex franchise. <laughs> The yeah. legendary Apex franchise. Did you did you um, did you ever did you hear that story uh, that the sales of uh, Apex Construct skyrocketed when Apex Legends was announced? I did. I, I have actually heard that. Yes. Right, and then people were accusing Fast Travel of like just rushing a game out to capitalize on like some other. They're like, this game's been out for fucking two years. Like, like what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> Oh man, it's the uh, that that war zone success story, right? The war zone success story. Yeah, I wonder how many. I, I'm I'm going to guess most of those people refunded their game uh, from Steam. Um, but anyway, yeah, guys, if you don't already, just a reminder: make sure you join West and his friends over on Virtual Strangers. Click the link in the description below. Subscribe to their channels. Subscribe to all my co-host channels. We are one big happy VR family, and I think between the four of us, we get you covered. But you know what? Feel free to venture out occasionally. Come back, report to me, tell me what you find. I don't have the chance. I don't have the time to do it. People are like, why don't you watch this person's channel? Why don't you hang out with this person? I'm like, bro, I do this for fucking 15 hours a day. <laughs> like when I put right. my feet up at the end of the day, I don't want to watch somebody else who does what I do. Um, so uh, so I apologize to all the content creators out there who I I don't know anything about. It's it's I just feel awful for not knowing what the hell's going on in our own little VR world to us sometimes. Um, um, but that yeah, being said, I can, uh, I can relate. I, can, I absolutely can relate. Like I'm on, I'm on the air uh, over a dozen hours. It seems like every week between all the different uh, shows that I'm doing and that's, you know, outside of my job and everything else. So yeah, not a lot of time for YouTube. Oh yeah. Uh, Ian Marsh in the chat says, love your new eyes, Wes. Love your new eyes. <laughs> yeah. Apparently people hate when I make eye contact with them. That's cool. All right, it's time to get out of here. Uh, cool. It's, uh, I've got, I, I got some stuff to do. Uh, if anybody out there, I, I was just saying I don't have time to watch other VR creators or anything like that, but like, in, uh, if anybody out there bought Galaxy Carts, and, and, and I am putting this offer out there to other VR creators, uh, especially the small ones, like the, the ones that are like, you know, super diligent about PSVR and stuff, uh, please 
get in touch with me. We need to play some multiplayer uh, because no one bought that game, <laughs> and, I, and I need to I need to play some multiplayer for my review. Uh, and hopefully they fix that bug that doesn't allow you to unlock the fourth track. This game is a fucking disaster, dude. I I, I really want to get a review out there because I just need to like fucking get do it and get it behind me so I can get back to the last worker. But holy crap, dude, what a fucking disaster this has been. Hopefully VR Monkey yeah. can sort this shit out and make it halfway decent. This has been a mess. Be sure to do your review before you play Dash Dash. Like, <laughs> dude, I, if you do it after, ooh, I played man. Dash Dash on Quest, and I I love Dash Dash. Like, in and there's some, there are some things that uh, Galaxy Cart's doing pretty decently, uh, but it's yeah, it's just bad overall, man. It's unfortunate. I tried to give it the benefit of the doubt, and it is not good. Uh, but yeah, yeah, hit me up without parole at gmail.com hit me up on twitter uh at parole psvr uh is, come join our discord click the link in the description below join our discord i'm very accessible over there I'm usually hanging out in voice chat but just dm me over there it's totally fine uh guys uh thank you to everybody who makes this channel run jay meow who gets this a podcast service gets this up on podcast services of your choice like three times a week i don't know how he does it uh also sci-fi game get henry i don't know how he does it but he gets timestamps into this sucker after every single show thank you so much guys for that all of our moderators uh, who make my life better each and every day they don't know how much i love them because i'm horrible at uh, communicating that but I'm, i try to say it once in a while i do love you guys uh thank you wes and uh thank you everybody who participated in the chat thanks to everybody who supports on patreon thanks to everybody who tipped during the show helped wes during 20 questions and of course everyone who sat back and watched the show and didn't say a goddamn word we know you're out there, and we love you just as much. Happy Monday, Wes. Happy Monday. Monday. <laughs> Bye. Oop, that's the wrong button. <laughs>Oh man, we're so off schedule. Usually when we end our Wednesday show, I'm like, oh, go watch Virtual Strangers because you've got your Wednesday night show. And But wait, what's, what's happening tonight? Is anything happening on Virtual Strangers tonight? Oh no, I'm going to work tonight. Oh. <laughs> this not, this not is Friday for me. <laughs> yeah, this is Friday for me. So uh, yeah, I've got, I've got eight hours on a factory floor ahead. But after that, uh, I've got uh, two solid days to uh, to play VR in preparation for this Wednesday show, which is uh, all set to be a pretty epic episode. Hell I yeah. say so myself. What's is it, can can you spill the beans? What's happening on Wednesday's show? Yeah, well, we're going to talk about uh, the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. Nice chapter two retribution on PlayStation nice. VR two. Uh, we're going to hopefully talk about Vertigo two. Hell yeah. Um, which uh, we just got uh, access to, and then uh, and then we're going to uh, do the Resident Evil Four VR mod, and one of those I'll probably be playing live during the episode. We haven't decided which one yet, but dude, you guys always have yeah. banger episodes, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go to bat and say this sounds like the bangerest of all banger episodes. Yeah, and it sounds like fun just preparing for it. Like I can't wait Hell to yeah. get work over with so I can get into this stuff. Hell yeah, man. And, uh, and, and by all means, if you end up picking up Galaxy Cart or get a key for it, <laughs> come play multiplayer with me and whoever else feels like suffering. All right. Well, I met those guys last week and I, I can say that they are, they're lovely people. Very, very friendly. Yeah. And, and that's always the worst part. Hear, man. Very... So worst part is that yeah. behind every bad game, there's a group of awesome people who did not want it to be bad. Yeah, Eric, Eric and Skiba were at dinner with those guys when the reviews came out. And it was, oh, man. they said it was a pretty depressing scene, actually. I bet it was. I bet it was. But you know what? I, I've been in contact with them. They've, they're definitely talking about uh, ways to make it better. They want to patch. They, they Hopefully the resolution is an easy patch. Um, there should be a quick fix going out today. I don't know if it already has gone out to, in order to fix the bug uh, to unlock the last track. Um, so little things here and there, and plus two more tracks, I think, are in the works. So we'll see man we'll see but for right now hold off everyone west thank you again man i fucking love you and i love all the cats out there you guys have a great night okay